I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Oh, uh, hello, and welcome to the Leaves of Glen Mansion, a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion and not just recording in my basement. Uh, this is where I read the hottest in public domain books and short stories. Uh, this week, I found a, another short story on no sleep uh, called Anything I Want, I Can Pull From a Hole in the Side of My Head by Alias For Whom. Good story. Read it. Thought, oh, that's awesome. I'll reach out to the author and uh, see if they give me permission to read it for the podcast. Reached out to them, and uh, they said, uh, weird. Okay. I thought, ah, that's good enough. I'll take that as a yes. Did I bother to ask for any information about the author? No. Uh, another little segment I always do is fun facts about the author. Did I do that? No. Uh, why? Because I'm used to reading uh, stuff that's from dead authors. So if I want to say something about the, learn about the author, eh, just get on Wikipedia. Uh, fun facts? Eh, go to the internet. Fun facts about Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, he liked eggs. Put that in my podcast. Uh, done. In the can. But uh, I'm not used to talking to living people or talking to people. So uh, what I did is I uh, forgot to do all that. So I'm going to have to reach out to them afterwards and I'll put it in the show notes or something uh, about if they have any like other websites. There's nothing on their profile on Reddit. Not a Instagram or a, or a, a Twitter. So uh, if I find anything, I'll definitely stick in the show notes. So look for that in case they got anything else they want you to go look at. But uh, beyond that, uh, another problem with uh, reviewing or reading books from living authors is, I have nothing else to say. So now I have to do this entire opening segment by talking about myself. My life is so boring, I have nothing to talk about. Uh, for example, my basement is so cold all the time that I poked uh, two more holes in the air ducts down here, and now I've got three vents that'll blow out hot air. Is that something you guys want to hear about? No, no one wants to hear about that. Even I don't care. If I came from the future, well, no, I'm the future Glenn right now. If I could go in the past to past Glenn and go, ah, in two weeks, you're going to put vents in your basement. I'd say that's honest for real. I was trying to masturbate. Why are you? That's it. Do I have cancer? Tell me something I need to know. Do I get cancer? Who, who do I get married to? Anything beyond stupid vents. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I only came from a couple weeks in the future. Everything seems fine beyond that. Uh, your life is still pretty boring. Uh, beyond that, my oldest really getting involved in my life lately. I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, she has me going to movies. Uh, most recently, Uncharted. Went to go see Uncharted with America's favorite actor, who is British, Tom Holland. Uh, God, you gotta love that guy. There's no reason to dislike him. You just can't dislike him. It's impossible. You look at his little pursed lips, his little pursed lips and his worried eyes, and you're like, oh, you're like a little nervous mouse, and I just want to shelter you and care for you and nuzzle you into my breast. Uh, but, so, went to go see that. 
I didn't think it was good because I only have a little bit of experience with Uncharted 3 and uh, I've only watched my daughter play Uncharted 4 for a while and uh, didn't really get into it. It was good. It's not bad. But I was like, yeah. So when the movie came out, I'm like, this movie is nonsensical. It's ridiculous. Uh, There's a scene where they're going underground through uh, some caves under a church and he goes in one direction. He's like, I'm going to go in this direction. It's got an arrow pointing this way. So he walks and all of a sudden a bunch of spikes come out to try and kill him. Uh, they're in this basement where he goes, okay, I guess I'll go the other way. And then there's just pipes that the city laid down. The city laid down pipes all along the walls of this cavern they're walking through, which made me think the people laying down the pipes would have obviously gone in the other direction at some point to have a cigarette or take a dump and gotten hit by the spikes. How come no one's made the spikes go off for hundreds of years? Even the guys laying down the pipes. I don't know. So my daughter said, no, this is exactly like the video game. Uh, it's the same kind of logic. The way the story is laid out, there's parts of the story. It's just a, just a mashup of different parts of the stories from different games. And she's like, no, so this is great. This is a great movie. I'm like, well, it's a person that's not as steeped in the games as you. Uh, I think this is weird and doesn't make any sense. Uh, There's a whole thing where they make ships fly in the air. I'm not going to give away the movie. Uh, But beyond that, she says, soon, I mentioned this in a previous episode, she's like, soon we're going to record Dune. We're going to do our reviews of Dune. So pretty soon, my daughter is going to be on the show and we're going to talk about each Dune book. Each incredibly long Dune book. Well, with that, why don't we dive into the story? Anything I want, I can pull from a hole in the side of my head. Uh, I know it sounds weird, and I haven't told anyone. Literally. Not my mom, or my little sister, or my friends. But it's true. In this subreddit, it seems like uh, one of the only places that might believe me. I need someone to believe me. Because I did something really awful. I realized I had this thing when I was uh, uh, like seven or eight years old. Uh, I remember it very clearly. I was watching cartoons on a Saturday morning. Uh, Super tired, resting my head on my right hand. And then I I noticed a a little bump on my skin. Oh, it's right near the right temple. Uh, but a little further back, uh, kind of in the hairline. The bump wasn't anything unusual. It, it, it uh, felt like a, like a pimple or some dry skin or something. So I remember, while the cartoon characters were jumping around, solving some uh, uh, colorful mystery, uh, I started to pick at it. Oh, the skin flaked away normally, leaving behind a, ooh, a little wet spot. <laughs> Did I tell you a little bit of blood or, or, or pus or something, I thought? But I kept poking at it with my little finger. And I remember it uh, feeling kind of good, question mark. The way I read that right now wasn't my own uh, taking uh, my own liberties with the story. That's got a question mark, so I'm saying it the right way. I don't want this to sound creepy or anything. I mean, it is creepy, but but uh, it didn't feel like weird good. It just uh, felt sort of relaxing, like a, like a deep massage. And so, half paying attention, I kept prodding at it, making little circles with the tip of my finger against this uh, tiny wet spot. I thought it was just like spreading the cool wet whatever, but after a bit, I realized uh, I was actually making the hole bigger. Uh, It was then that I panicked. I looked at my finger and saw a thin layer of transparent liquid, but watched it evaporate before my eyes in a matter of seconds. I I got up and ran my Ninja Turtle PJs out of our living room, up the stairs, and into the washroom where I peered into the side of my face uh, in the mirror. Uh, Just a tiny red spot hidden by my dark brown hair. I I pulled and stretched my skin for a bit, uh, trying to figure out what I'd I'd found. Maybe it was uh, some that 
happen to kids at a certain age. Uh, the older kids always talked about weird stuff. And again, uh, this is probably something like that, but was also as obvious to me at that age was that the other kids never talked about these things around adults. So I washed my hands and face and went back to my cartoons. It wasn't until a few months later that I discovered the other part of it. Some nights, when I couldn't sleep, I would lightly touch a little red spot near my temple, swirl my finger around, relax. Uh, One night, my mom was in a screaming match with my stepdad downstairs, and I was desperately trying to sleep. I hated hearing my mom like that, so I was so scared and angry, and uh, my stepdad always pounding his fist against the walls or the tables uh, to make sure she got the terrible point he was trying to make. Sometimes... My mom would give me these tiny translucent yellow pills to help me sleep when I was sick. Oh, I loved the way they looked with the light shining through them. But there were none to be had that night, and I only ha- had what I knew to help me relax. Uh, I ran the pads of my fingers against my temple, slowly but with more frantic pressure than usual. I felt the wetness spread, but it wasn't helping. Something glass shattered downstairs. Uh, I heard a crack. Not for, uh, from downstairs, but from the uh, side of my head. That thin feeling spot of my skull had released against the pressure with a sound like an eggshell. Oh, I froze, expecting a wave of pain, but nothing came. And I I thought about calling for my mom, uh, but my stepdad would be furious if he knew I was still awake. And uh, what if whatever was happening was super embarrassing? There's something weird about something feeling good. There's a level of uh, uh, shame to it, especially at the age where you don't understand anything yet. So I stayed quiet. My fingertips felt around the defined cracks, felt the fragments of bone retract from my touch uh, towards, towards what? Was my brain barely an inch away? That could be right. Uh, Whatever was there, exploring it sent shivers across my scalp. I pressed one digit further past my skull. uh, It's really hard uh, to describe the feeling inside my head, uh, past my skull, uh, inside the hole. It feels the same now as it did then. It's kind of like the warm, wet fog that belches out from a a humidifier if you hold your hand close. But there's also sort of a a resistance to it, like moving your hand through water. Uh, It's slowed down. So, uh, one curious finger of my eight-year-old self pried in and felt that fog, that liquid, that space, until it came upon uh, something different, a solid form, incredibly small. Uh, I clawed my finger around that something and pulled it out, feeling the cracked bones close in on my retreating finger and seal themselves back together. And in my hand was a little translucent sleeping pill. I have to keep pressing that I was young. Some part of me uh, thought this was a dream. And uh, after my finger and the pill had dried, uh, only a few moments later, I I popped the pill and went to sleep. Well, uh, we're about halfway through the story, and I thought I'd take a moment to reflect upon the fact that um, having the gift of being able to reach inside the side of your head and pull out uh, whatever you want sounds like the same kind of witchcraft or wizardry that you can find at Door Class Incorporated. That's D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S dot com. All their dedicated to fabricating and professionally installing the highest quality glass products for the nation's top manufacturers. Their inventory, combined with their years of experience, makes them the premier source for installation and repair. They approach every project with the same goals. Professionalism, integrity, and the most important, and the point I'm about to make, they're discreet. Now, what do they do? They do commercial storefronts, automatic entrances, windows, patio doors, mirrors, shower doors, installation, repair, and they will design and build anything you ask for. 
I used to think whenever I call them up and say, I'd like a, gla- a glass statue of my dead mom. Uh, and they go, oh, uh, yeah, we could do that. I'm like, you're going to carve a glass statue of my dead mom? And they go, yeah. And I go, how soon can you have it done? And they're like, eh, about a half hour. How do they do it? I don't know how they do it. Uh, in the last episode, I talked about uh, maybe they can craft you glass sex furniture, like a glass sex ottoman that's got some sort of weird contraptions, to, like a harness and something that spanks. I don't know. Uh, and I so I called them up and I said, can you make glass sex furniture? And they're like, uh, yeah, we can design and build anything custom. So, uh, you know, just let us know what you want. We can design it up and uh, meet your specifications. I said, how long it'll take? And they go, yeah, about a half hour. And I thought that was weird. How can you get these things done in a half hour? They're probably got one guy in the back of the warehouse who's just sitting there eating eating Cheetos and playing Minecraft for nine hours a day. And then it's like, Phil, Phil, reach inside your head and pull out a, a glass statue of uh, Glenn's dead mom. And then he'll just be like, uh, all right. And he takes a break and he gets his little greasy hands from his Cheetos all over. He just reaches inside his head and pulls out an entire five foot tall statue of my dead mom. Oh, sweet Bonnie. Uh, uh, they have clients like uh, Pottery Barn. Williams Sonoma, Sherman Williams, Portillo's, which is some kind of sandwich factory nobody cares about, uh, and the Salt Cave, which is a place in Minneapolis, a place where they won't let you touch the walls. The walls are made of, like, Himalayan salt. They, like, backlight them so it looks all eerie and cool or whatever. And the whole thing is you're going to go in there and you're going to want to touch those walls. You're going to rub your fingers across it. You want to lick them. You're going to want to lick the Himalayan salt bricks that they have all lined up with the lights behind them. They make them look enticing, but they won't let you touch it. For God's sake, on the actual website, don't touch the walls. All you're allowed to do in there is middle-aged white people shit, like uh, yoga and meditation, and they even have a hot yoga, which means the walls are just getting humid with all that middle-aged sweat accumulating and clinging to its to its salty surface. Uh, so don't touch it. Uh, why the hell would you even go in there? I have no idea. So I don't recommend going to the Salt Cave, but they did windows on them, so that's got to be good. Uh, and another client is also Applebee's. Well, with that... Uh, Why don't we take a little break and retire up to my master bedroom where we can fuss and fight and tickle a little bit. You know, we have a little playtime, a little pill pill talk. (laughs) Uh, And where we learn about the latest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Random House Books. Hold on. I'm coming. Are you still drinking those white clothes? Oh, why you... You dress like a furry with a Sherlock Holmes hat on. It's a magnifying glass. Are you supposed to be some kind of fa- a wolf? You're a wolf? Why are you dressed like a wolf with a... Oh, you're pointing at the book again on the bed. The book is called Wild Sign by Patricia Briggs. It's not going to be any good if you're dressed like a wolf with a Sherlock Holmes hat on. Uh, about Wild Sign, Mated Werewolves, Charles Cornick, okay, werewolves, and Anna Latham must discover what could uh, make an entire community disappear before it's too late in this thrilling entry to the number one New York Times best-selling Alpha and Omega series. <laughs> 
I've said this before, and I don't know if I ever get new listeners. I looked it up. New York Times bestselling authors, it's a scam. Uh, basically, if you're a publishing house, you can pay enough money where the New York Times will say you're a bestselling author. They'll just rank you up there. The whole thing's been a sham since like the 1890s, apparently. Uh, go look it up. I looked it up once. Uh, I've forgotten. It's been a few goddamn years. I don't know all the details anymore, but it's a scam. But I love that this person is the number one New York Times bestselling alpha and omega series. In the wilds of Northern California mountains, all the inhabitants of a small town have gone missing. It's as if the people picked up and left their possessions behind. With a, with, a, with a mystery on their hands and no jurisdiction on private property, the FBI just uh, dumps the whole problem in the lap of the landowner. <laughs> Aspen Creek Incorporated, a.k.a. the business organization of the Merrick's Pack. Somehow, the pack of the wolf who rules is connected to a group of vanished people. Werewolves Charles Cordick and Anna Latham are tasked with investigating and soon find that a deserted town is the least of the challenges they face. What other challenges they face? Why don't you tell us? Death sings in the forest and then it calls. Charles and Anna must answer. That's all vague. Everything towards the end here is really vague. Something is awakened in the heart of the California mountains. Like what? Just give us a hint so we'd want to read the book. Something old and dangerous. That doesn't help. And it has met werewolves before. <laughs> Werewolf sleuth. I get why you're wearing that costume. Wild sign by Patricia Briggs. Uh, it's part of the Alpha and Omega series. Uh, it's a hardcover for 28 bucks. <laughs> March 16th in 2021, you can look for that. Uh, you can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's, Target, and Walmart. Well, with that, your furry suit has made me flaccid, and I have no interest in you sexually. So why don't we go back downstairs and finish our story? Oh, good. You finally made it back down to the library. Uh, you're still wearing the bottom half of your wolf suit. Why did you come down to the library wearing the bottom half of your wolf suit? It's like the opposite Winnie the Pooh. Uh, <clears throat> let's continue. Uh, I have to keep pressing that I was young. Uh, some part of me thought this was a dream. And after my finger and the pill had dried, only a few moments later, I popped the pill and went to sleep. I just read that part. I'm doing a little recap, just so you remember where we left off. The things I want to have to be able to fit. At first, it was coins, candies, uh, marbles. But as years went on, I started putting my finger and thumb into the hole. Two fingers, three. I was pulling out cigarettes, $20 bills, and watches. The more complicated the object, the more I have to dig and search around. As I started getting on the internet and sitting through sex ed classes, I understood that this was far from what these schoolyard bullies were talking about. Uh, this was something unusual, maybe even unnatural. But it didn't hurt. Uh, in fact, it felt really good most of the time. And it wasn't causing any harm to my body or to my life or anyone else's. Uh, so I continued to keep it as my little secret. Uh, I had no idea how someone would react. They'd probably think I was a fucking freak. I often think that, uh, but there was no doubt that it was uh, useful. Uh, once, my sister lost her favorite necklace. 
and all it took was a moment of privacy for me and I could give it back to her. Mom was having issues making rent this month, and suddenly I had some extra cash uh, at my, quote, part-time job, unquote. And I forgot my USB stick at home with my homework on it, question mark. So I'm not saying that. I'm uh, actually reading it the way you're supposed to read it. Hide in a stall for a few minutes, and I am uh, ready for the presentation. This one, I should have taken notice, as when I got home from school that day, my USB stick wasn't on my bedside table. Obviously, it was in my backpack. I had it. I should have, uh, I should have given that more than a passing thought. It was three months ago when my stepdad accused me of stealing from his wallet. Of course, I didn't mean to, but I assume now that I had without knowing it. Uh, but what I knew then and now is uh, irrelevant. He was pissed. He threw me against the wall, smashing a couple photos of my body. And mom and my sister were out at a play date, uh, so there was no one on my side. His foot swung hard into my gut as he bellowed, droplets of whiskey-scented saliva spraying on me. Uh, at another ruthless kick, I tried to yell back, and I tried to get away, but every time I got to my feet, uh, he'd throw me back down. Uh, this was his house in his moment. My heart was thudding in my chest, and I could see the veins in his own temple throbbing with adrenaline and rage. He slammed my head against the floor, and I lost consciousness, only for a second. I felt like he could very well kill me in that moment, and so, in a daze, I lifted my hand up to the side of my face and felt that little red spot near my temple. I'm sure it was just uh, seemed to him like I was shielding myself from his blows at first, and so he continued to scream and rain blows down on my aching, bleeding body. But once I felt that shiver spread across my scalp and I dug three fingers past those complacent bars of uh, shards of bone, uh, he went dead silent. Stop. Something may make him stop. That was all that was going through my pain-addled mind. I heard him right beside me, but so far away, cursing and stumbling backwards. I could feel anything aside from the wispy, flowing fog. So I pushed further. My entire head slid roughly into the hole, cracking more bones than I had felt before. I didn't care if this was going to kill me. I thought I was going to die either way. I heard my stepdad wretched disgust and horror. My hand grasped and grabbed at the warm inside. My eyes rolled and flexed backwards into my skull with the effort. I think I vomited too, but I uh, still couldn't find anything. He was screaming now, not in anger, but in terror and concern. I don't think he formed words, though, just noise. Just something to make him stop. My wrist, my forearm, almost up to my elbow, was fully submerged in my skull, a space that physically could not fit that length that was moving and searching within it. And then I touched something. It was wet, like all things uh, were when I first found them. But this was different. It felt thicker. I ran my hand along this object, felt it move on its own. Distantly, my stepdad gasped and then was silent once more. Well, uh, what was this? I wrapped my fingers around it, though not quite fully around it due to its size, but enough to have a firm grasp. It shook in my palm even faster. He screamed once, and I pulled it from my head with a slosh. This red, uh, this mass of red and purple, yellow and black, it spat blood onto my shirt and on the floor with one convulsion, and then became dead meat. It was a heart. It was his heart. I ran away that day to avoid whatever punishment might come to me. Took the heart and threw it in the bushland to hopefully be picked up and away by scavengers. Uh, but the police and doctors didn't know how to explain what happened to my stepdad. Uh, there will be lots of questions if I go back. But I might be able to see my mom and sister again. Uh, I could play dumb and act like I have no idea what happened. I was just scared and I ran. Maybe we could go back to normal. Pretend that things are normal. But I'm, I'm not. I never was. And I think I might be able to live with that. There is no doubt it's useful. 
Well, uh, with that, why don't we go down to the smoky room and uh, talk about what we just read, and for the love of God, take off the rest of the wolf outfit. Oh, well, good. You finally came down to the smoking room to help recap this. And you're still wearing the damn suit. You're still wearing half the wolf suit. Does anything matter to you? You come here every damn week. You try to fuck up my chance to have a romantic evening with you in my master bedroom by wearing your weird outfits. Uh, Nothing matters to you. Just drink my free liquor and have me read stuff to you. Uh, I never liked you. Uh, Well, I'm going to talk about what I read in this story. It starts out with a little boy who is... Rubbing the side of his head, little temple, it feels a little thing, picks at it, gets a wet spot. Turns out it's really satisfying feeling. I imagine a lot like when you stick a finger in your ear with a Q-tip or just do that thing where you take part of your ear and flap it against the ear hole, whatever. And uh, it's just an ear orgasm. So I imagine it's the same kind of thing. Totally identified with that. Uh, and so he keeps pushing on it. Then he can push into the side of his head with like, the sounds of egg cracking, which is a good tactile kind of thing. Very uh, well written gets in there and winds up pulling out like a sleeping pill later when he needs it because he uses it to calm down later. Same thing with money, uh, watches, and uh, his USB stick, which makes me wonder, does anyone use USB sticks for school anymore? My kids don't. They just have Google Drive for everything. So uh, uh, makes me wonder about the age of this author because I know nothing about them. When were they in school? In the 2000s, maybe. You gave yourself away, mysterious author. Uh, But beyond that, uh, then he's just kind of plugging away, having fun doing that kind of thing. I'll be honest, if I was his age, uh, I'd be thinking, can I get a naked lady to come out of the side of my head? Is that a possibility? Probably not. I don't know, probably too dangerous, but I'd still probably give in and try it sometime. But in either case, uh, then his stepdad, which has been hinted at to be kind of a violent person, winds up uh, getting mad at him, accusing him of stealing money, and starts beating the poor kid up. So, out of the kid's desperation, he starts rubbing the side of his head because, one, it's soothing and feels good, and, two, he wants to be able to just find something to make him stop. And reaches inside his own head with his entire forearm and everything in an impossible way, like uh, Mary Poppins' bag, uh, and is able to pull out the actual stepdad's heart. Uh, so, what's good? It was a good story. Uh, they explain why, or the author explains why the kid would never actually, uh, talk to anyone about this issue because he's already identified that there's older kids that talk about weird things that go on, but he's not clear on it because he's pretty young, so it's things like boners and, uh, how the inside of a woman's vagina looks like a, like the inside of an ear and somehow they're aroused by it. Things like that, that a kid that age will never understand. Uh, and so explains very well why he keep that a secret and just kind of keep playing with it, much like a child does with masturbation in general. So that was pretty good. Uh, and also the act of pulling out the father's heart was a great twist. I was pretty impressed by that. So when I read that, I'm like, holy crap, this is a good little story. Uh, what sucks? Eh... I can't really find anything that sucks. Like, out of all the stories I've read and stuff, I kind of have learned to understand what's a tight little story. And this is a tight little story. It's uh, It's got its payoff. It's got its setup. It's got everything all wrapped up in a big bow at the end. Uh, pretty damn good. Uh, so what sucks? Uh, I guess if I'm trying to search for something, which I'm not, I would say maybe more scenarios of what he pulls out of his head before the day that his dad... Uh, winds up pulling out the heart, or he pulls out his stepdad's heart. 
uh, maybe. I don't know, but I also didn't need it. The story's fine on its own. What do we learn? Uh, everyone's got secrets. Oh, people are rubbing parts of their body all over the place. Some people like rubbing their nipples. Some people really love rubbing that one tooth or that one sore spot on their, on their, on their belly button, just underneath their belly button. And obviously the penis, uh, and buttholes. But the thing is, at any point, someone could be rubbing something that feels good, which could work against you and kill you. So with that, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I will see you next week. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people. Not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, uh, along with episodes from the Book Boys and uh, blah, blah, blah. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, which is uh, House Nuzzle. And conveniently enough, uh, Twitter, which is also at House Nuzzle. Annoyingly, YouTube made me pick a name instead of just a house nuzzle. So you got Glenn Nuzzles. So I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice. Uh, and since, uh, since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com But don't, uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's got to be one left.